Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. That prayer, that idea of the race, I'm reminded of, of a marathon. Anyone here ever ran a marathon? Neither have I. Some people might think you just do it for the sticker, right, on the back of the car. You've seen those? If you are running the marathon for that sticker, I promise you, you will lose faith in pursuit of that sticker fairly quickly, or at least by mile 10 or 11 or 15 when people start to ask, why did I do this again? It's more than that, isn't it? It's not the sticker. It's not finishing. It's all that it is to participate in the race. What a, what a great thing to hold up next to another image I'm going to give you today as we conclude our series, Not Ashamed. Working through 2 Timothy, Paul is speaking to Timothy at a time of great pressure and strife. Timothy's struggling in the same ways that we struggle. He's struggling with some shame due to the events of what's happening around him. His mentor is in prison. Would we be very proud if our mentor was in prison? Maybe if we had the right framework through which to see it. And so Paul's offering that framework. We started our series with rekindle the gift. Remember the faith you were given. And then we continued with present yourself to God. You need only be approved by God. Amen. So remember the true gospel. Jesus Christ, Jesus is God's ruler, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. And then last week was itching ears. People often seek out what they already want to hear. Amen? Anybody, anybody ever do that? Those who don't raise their hands, you're probably in more trouble. But we remember that our scripture helps us grow into our faith. It instructs us into salvation, salvation that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So right on the heels of last week's passage, right where it leaves off, we come to today's passage, and our, our title for today is Poured Out. Paul offers this image He's awaiting execution by the state in a prison. And uh, in temple worship, around Paul's time, the Gentiles that he's writing to and Timothy and the, the setting that he's in where, where he is offering his ministry, they would have been animal sacrifices. And when you sacrificed an animal, you would pour out a libation on top of the sacrificed animal. It's what people would do. We, we see a remnant of that today, people pouring something out for someone else in honor. Paul sees his life as being poured out, a sacrifice in honor of God. He offers a mix of metaphors in the passage, the libation image, and then enduring his suffering like he's fighting a battle. He calls it the good fight. There are bad fights and there are good fights. He describes it like finishing a marathon or receiving the green wreath crown for doing so because everyone who finishes is a victor. And then he switches to a, a judgment metaphor from a court that he'll be acquitted. He'll be acquitted by the one who counts, whose judgment counts, even if he's found guilty by those whose don't count, ultimately. And then he paints this picture of this reality all so that Timothy cannot be ashamed. And for us, and the Timothy inside of us, Timothy should follow suit like Paul. Keep the right framework. Keep going. So let's hear from 2 Timothy chapter 4. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, 
and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Quite an image. Paul says he's kept the faith. Kept the faith. We've probably heard that phrase before, but what's it mean? What do we find in Paul's letters again and again about keeping the faith? It's about remaining true to his calling. He's an ambassador for Jesus Christ. It's like he resides already in the land, the kingdom that Christ offers, and he goes to proclaim the good news, to be the messenger, to tell the good news. Jesus is God's ruler. He goes around to different areas, different cities, different synagogues, different social circles, telling that gospel. Jesus is God's ruler, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. All things are being set right on earth through him. It's happening. It's not one day it will happen. It's, it's happening now, all things are being made new is one way he says it. We are invited to die with Christ that we might live with him. We are invited into this process as both the means and the result of the Holy Spirit given to us by grace in Jesus Christ. It's the means and the result. This is the foundation of Paul's life. This is the most important thing, understanding reality through that lens seeing people through that lens, seeing God through that lens, seeing himself through that lens, seeing the world through that lens, seeing the struggles of the day through that lens and no other. The old age is passing away. The new age is being ushered in or the old age is dying and the new age is being born. The reward Paul is focusing on has everything to do with this death and this birth reality. So picture it this way, another image. There are two students living in adjacent houses going to the same school, a part of the same French class. They are trying to learn how to speak French. One student has been bribed by their parents. If you get an A, I'll give you a new phone. Oh, the holy grail, right? A new phone. The other student has been told the whole family is going to be spending the summer in France. And this will be a way for them to prepare for that life over the pond. Both are getting a reward for their work, right? Very different rewards. One is intimately connected to the work itself, and one is completely disconnected. It has nothing to do with the work itself. The students get an A by the teacher, but one will enjoy the reward far longer and get much more out of the reward than the one who gets the phone, right? It's not really about the language for that person. It's about the prize. We could keep 
our faith, as Paul describes it, thinking about doing our homework and striving for the A to get the prize or to see it impact our life and be invited into something deeper. So often we hear people tell of our faith as something we do to get a reward down the road, a prize, has very little to do with today and our relationships and our choices and our struggles. It's disconnected. The prize that's up there someday is we float away to somewhere else. That's not in Scripture, and we miss out on the opportunity to, to be part of something more. Paul is lifting up the second student. Learning to live like Jesus doesn't mean you just believe some things, and then one day it will mean something. It means something now. You participate in it. It invites you into a deeper way to live in the kingdom that is present. Another way to say it is some people think this life and faith is about getting into heaven and others say it's about getting heaven into us. Keeping the faith is remembering the goal, living it, choosing it every day, keeping your eye fixed on the real reward. Not something disconnected, but something intimately connected and connecting to each other. The reward is life itself. Fullness of life, Jesus calls it. A particular kind of life. Well, Paul describes it using the fruit of the Spirit. And if you know it, say it with me. The kids have been learning it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness or generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we live that way, how rich does life become right here and now? As we bless each other, we receive and give the fruit of the Spirit as it is nurtured and grown in us. We discover meaningful, lasting relationships that can endure hard times and survive just fine. For striving for a disconnected reward through a particular belief, we will get distracted. We will grow tired of the race. We will forget why we started in the first place. If we're striving for a reward of belief that only comes after we die, and that's it, it's completely disconnected from our living and breathing life now. We will be knocked off track again and again. Amen? Ooh, that was a low. Amen. What we'll do is we'll adapt it as we go along. We'll adapt our life to what works for us in the moment, forgetting the prize, right? We just keep the right beliefs. We can do and think and act how we want. We can focus on the letter of the law and twist it around, or we can just make choices and live like it doesn't all matter anyway. It's just what we want to do in the moment. For Paul, keeping the faith is never forgetting that living into the life and teaching of Jesus Christ and our scripture brings us reward today and forevermore. And it blossoms into every area of our life. It's life itself. We become Christ-like, as Paul said, or conformed to Christ's image another time. This image of Jesus becomes alive in the depths of our heart and works its way into every fabric of our lives. We become more empathetic and less apathetic about the state of people in the world around us because what's happening now matters when it's a part of faith. How we respond to pain and evil in our community, it matters. And we become more human the more we realize how much it matters, the more we join ourselves to it. It matters now and it matters later. If our hearts are growing softer and warmer rather than harder or colder, which can happen if you have the right beliefs, it can grow cold and hard. We've seen that, amen? If you're keeping the faith and making it the practice of all you do, 
then difficult days aren't gonna stop your progress. People who train and commit to run a marathon, they don't stop halfway through, right? They're prepared for this. They know there's gonna be pain. It doesn't stop them. Paul was arrested, tried, abandoned, and is now sentenced to death by the government of his day. Does that sound familiar? The person he follows was also arrested, tried, and abandoned, and sentenced, and killed. Timothy is facing threat and shame and abandonment. His faith has wavered. By what? We cannot be sure, but we know it involves this shame at what he thought he would see versus what he's actually seeing. Paul is urging him, keep the faith. Even in his impending death, Paul is reframing it to be good news in this new reality. Face the trials head on, Timothy. Stay true to what life is really about. Don't get distracted by other messages. Don't get caught up fixating on your own individual fate, keeping score, pointing fingers, holding grudges, and dealing out condemnation. Live a life of forgiveness instead. Paul regards himself as having been saved from the lion's mouth. Kind of peculiar since he's awaiting death, isn't it? Was he saved? He regards himself safe, even facing death, because he knows the life that really matters. Because Paul looks at safety as the state of his heart and soul, not his body, not his status, certainly not what other people think of him. Why doesn't he fear death? Do you fear death? At different times we do, yeah? Paul doesn't, and why not? He knows death's been defeated. Do you fear something defeated? Well, yeah, we still struggle with it. But faith can get us there. If he doesn't fear death, then do you think he fears suffering? If death has lost its sting, then do you think Paul fears shame, what people might have to say? Do you think he fears people whispering rumors about him? Do you think he has regret for the first part of his life where his religious conviction led him to arrest people and beat people and people's lives were lost? Do you think he lives there or do you think he allowed everything to be redefined and renewed and reborn? Everything has been redefined for Paul through this reality. By grace, he was given faith. Praise God. Raise your hand if you, by grace, have been given faith. Keep it. Every day, look at everything through that lens. Remember, be not ashamed. He now considers his death a pouring out, a testament of God's glory. Our faith is so much bigger than what happens after we die. One of my favorite songs by Switchfoot says, why would I wait till I die to come alive? I'm ready now. There is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control available now, amen? Here in this room, right next to you, in the heart and the hand of the person that sits beside you, there is life to be discovered where we are no longer overcome by anger, by fear, by shame, or by condemnation. There is faith available to us that redefines everything that allows us to soften our hearts, to realize that we're already forgiven, to see everyone around us as a sibling, to let go of our egos and agendas, to no longer need to be right or have everyone agree or align with us on everything that we might align on the one thing that matters, keeping the faith. 
becoming a family together, fixing our eyes toward the work that God has us here for in our community, pooling our resources to be a sign of the new age for those who only know the old, giving up all of our allegiances to entities and peoples and parties and committing ourselves to the body with Jesus Christ as head, sharing in the one spirit who draws us together and builds us up, equipping us so that nothing threatens our faith, leading us away from a life of keeping score toward a one of offering forgiveness with no end. We need not worry about what the world thinks of us. Amen? We need not get get distracted by the other stories. We need not be ashamed of the truth. We can trust in this process of learning, and my goodness, it is a process. We grow, keeping the faith, learning how to do it somehow, living it out together, bringing it to life in one another. Another way to say trusting in one another is keeping the faith in each other too. We have a choice to make. One, you can keep on with the pseudo-gospels around us, that it's about something else. You can focus on your own life and belief. You can seek out voices and leaders and teachers who are going to scratch your itching ears. You can continue to view other human beings as less than. You can view God as someone holding the carrot at the end of a stick. You can just be focused on individual results and rewards or two. We can trust in faith found in Jesus Christ that we can do together what really matters in this life and the life to come. That we can hear the voices around us, not get caught up in the game of teams and parties so that we become fixated on who's right. Where we can see each other as human beings of sacred worth, where we can view God as the one that offers us life here and now. And we can embrace the truth that all things are being summed up in Christ Jesus, remade and renewed, that the kingdom is alive and beating and available. And I guess we could just ignore it all and focus on something else. We've tried that before, haven't we? Choose a life lived in faith together, friends. Follow Jesus Christ, who leads us there. Keep the faith in him and in him alone. Fix your eyes on following Jesus as a part of the body, the church. Become more than yourself. Let go of everything else that you may fully embrace a life of faith for all that it has to offer us here and now, today, and forevermore. Become dedicated to this life of faith so that all you do is built upon that foundation. That we'll live walking the path of salvation together. It's a good path. That your life may be poured out. That you may fight the good fight. That you may finish the race. That you may receive the reward of a life in the kingdom every step of the way. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.